0: Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
0: Bears coming with the blitz. Rogers sees it, floats it down the middle. And it's caught.
2: They catch him in the old Tampa 2 style. And your inside linebacker has to run with number 3. And you've got three wide receivers to that side. So Danny Trevathan has him in coverage. He's walked up in the 8 guy showing blitz. So he's going to, I mean, Marquez the scantling is going to be on top of him. You can see right there he's coming from inside out. Walked up into the line of scrimmage. So maybe a little bit too fancy right there with your blitz design.
3: Highlights courtesy of Fox. That was Aaron Rodgers' second touchdown pass of the game. That went to Marquette, Valdez, Scantling. That would give the Packers the lead 14-10, and they did not look back. They beat the Bears 35-16 at Soldier Field today. Clinching the number one seed in the NFC, and a bye. But the Bears, thanks to the help from the Rams, also are in the playoffs. They fall to 8-8 today, but they are the seventh overall seed, which means they will get the Saints and... If they somehow, some way, find a way to upset Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, well, guess what? They'll get a chance to uh, avenge this loss to the Packers today. So that ought to be interesting if that comes to fruition. We're here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller, along with two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith. We're taking your phone calls. Instant reaction to a Bears loss, but a playoff berth. Let's uh, let's go on out to – let's try – Mitchell in displays. Mitchell, I'm sure he was very happy with Mitch Trubisky's performance today. What's going on, Mitchell? (laughs) Hey, Mitch.
4: Oh, guys, you guys are the best. Um, Can you hear me?
5: Yes. Got you.
4: Okay. I'd like to bring to your attention the following things. It could have been easily 42 to 16. The biggest problem the Bears face is a lack of consistency with the quarterback, which I've been telling you for about 11 weeks or nine weeks or whatever, <laughs> four years, okay? The bottom line is that we have a problem that Trubisky can only throw underneath passes. He, he lacks touch, torque, and basically zip on a deep ball. And when you watch Aaron Rodgers, who's a master at quarterback, you see exactly what a, a strike looks like. For all those neophytes that think Trubisky can throw a strike, he cannot. He throws a flying duck. Okay, And the bottom line is that his only upside is to hand the ball off to Montgomery and throw underneath. That's not going to get you very far. And by the way, they got basically, they, they lucked into this new version of 8-8 going into the playoffs. That's not good enough. Because what you saw today, Your Honor, I want to suggest the following evidence. What you saw is that the last three games was a mirage of bad teams. When the betters have to play what I call an elite team like Green Bay, they fail miserably. And I put the blame on Trubisky. Completely. Okay, that that, that, that that lack of a deep throw, which was a what I call a 50-50 ball. When you see Aaron Rodgers throw a deep ball, it's a strike, and he leads his receivers. That's what a great quarterback does. And the failure of what I call our GM and our head coach, okay, is a joke. It's become basically a laughing stock of the NFL. So to the GM, to the head coach and Trubisky, you're fired. And the bottom line is this. I think that at some point, you have to come to grips with the fact that this is not exactly what was going to be part of the plan. For so the person that chose Trubisky, okay, the GM that fell to Pace, Ryan Pace, who fell in love with this Trubisky in 17, doesn't tell any of his coaches. He goes on this rogue mission because he falls in love with the person who's the worst quarterback in the NFL. So now, what I say is that your unintended consequences of that decision making has come back to haunt you. And the bottom line is the Bears can never win their division because they'll never win against Green Bay. You know, let me ask you this real quick, okay? Uh, Howard, you're you know former you know your MVP, your your <laughs> game against SIU at U of I. You had those title, those touchdowns. You're an amazing athlete, right? Let me ask you this: You have an inferior quarterback in your past of what I call professional and collegiate games, right? You have an inferior quarterback in the huddle. How does one running back, how does he react to that? I just want to hear from a real NFL player the real consequences when they know that they have a duck as a quarterback, and I'll hand it off to you. No pun intended.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Mitchell. All right, how does this
5: affect he is so good, level?
3: isn't he? He gets fired up, and, like, I know uh, a lot. He, he's got – you know what? I love Mitchell because he's very polarizing. Some people love him, some people hate him. It probably falls down the line of whether or not you (laughs) like Mitch Trubisky or not. But nevertheless, Howard, uh, how does it affect your confidence as a player when you're in the huddle and you just don't
5: have the faith that your quarterback can really do the job that needs to be done? You know, does it affect you? Yeah, it does. But but I think if everyone is dialed into what they need to do, you know, I I, I don't think it should be that big of an issue. I I think ultimately, you know, as one of 11 guys out there, you better make sure you're taking care of your job. And that's where the focus has to be at all times. Now, you come to the sidelines, you could say, "Oh, here we go again." But what's the alternative, right? It's a reason yeah. that he's out there. He's he's your best shot, and you know these guys are you know they smart, they understand what's going on, and you just all you can ultimately do is support your teammate and, and try to to make things right and try to figure it out and and get on a run. And the fact is. Nagy mentioned this after a team that, that you know was really struggling, awful, found a way, even though we're going to sit here and say that part of the reason they found their way to the playoffs was because of the schedule, but it still takes some, some heart and some desire and to believe in a system to bounce back from where they came from, to find themselves an opportunity to play. And that's why you're going to hear Nagy talk about we're now going to be excited about what's up next cuz the regular season is now behind us. We have a chance cuz we're in the playoffs. Now we need to go back in and try to take care of business and this an opportunity for Mitch to come out and and play better because he has to continue to play better because he nobody's going to put more pressure on him than, than himself. There's no doubt about that. If the Bears act if um if Washington Wins
3: tonight and actually claims that uh, fourth seed and the NFC East division. That means that the Bears will be one and six this year against teams that made the playoffs. With their lone victory coming against the Bucks on the Thursday night game. Remember when all of their wide receivers were beaten up on that short work week when Tom Brady forgot how many downs he's allowed to. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Obviously, that uh, that changes a little bit but not not much in their favor if the Giants actually end up because the Bears, we remember, won the second game of the year against the Giants. But if Washington wins, the Bears will be 1-6 in six against playoff teams. So it's obviously – I think we all know it's a bleak outlook right now. Let's go on out to Minneapolis and say good evening to Marcus. Hey, Marcus, what's going on, man?
6: Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I don't want to be repetitive but uh, about about the defense and Pagano, but I'll just say I agree with some of the calls from earlier. I just think we can scheme better. Um, but as far as the offense, and I wanted to I – was, I was kind of brought to this, this up last week. Howard wasn't there. I, I wanted to get Howard's opinion on this. When uh, fans were talking about, like, whether we should be uh, looking for a long-term contract with Mitch, my reason uh, of saying a no, which I'm sure a lot of people are, no way you get a long-term contract to him. Because that system that we're running, it's, it's basic, and I think teams will eventually figure it out. You run boots all game. Like eventually like that that offense we, we seen it tonight. Uh Green Bay figured it out. It's simple. And when you start to when teams started to figure it out, those uh those boots when you run running and throwing it to Cole Comet and they were uh eight nine yards against the bad teams, they turned in their three yard game against the Packers and they're just sitting on it. And then they're sitting on the run too, so Montgomery's not as effective. And I think we that was exposed tonight and you know, like long term, that that's why you have to have a quarterback that can read a defense. And Mitch is not that, and they got exposed again tonight. And I'm kind of glad, but I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that, Howard. Like, do you think do you kind of agree? If you don't, it's fine. But do you kind of agree that that offense that people have been begging for all season, like run of run the offense to Mitch's strengths, and that Bullard kind of offense is that kind of a basic offense that teams can adapt to?
5: Well, well, I'll say this, and. You have to put your, your quarterback in the best position to be able to be successful and move the team and be able to win games. Now, I, I think the scheme, what you're asking about, what's happening today and, and right now, um, can that can that scheme be expanded? Absolutely. But it can only be expanded if the person under center or in the shotgun can understand and be able to execute the plan. We've seen earlier in, in the season going back that, when you put too much on Mitch's plate, he's even less effective. So I think the coaching staff is trying to do the best they can with the players that they have. And it's unfortunate, but you can expand this offense. It's it's a lot you can do, but it's all predicated on personnel. And it obviously starts first with the quarterback. And a long-term deal? No, I don't see a long-term deal for Mitch. Is it a one-year deal? Sure. I, I think – You don't lose anything. You're not going to hurt yourself signing Mitch to a one-year deal. Signing him to a long-term deal is not the direction that I would, if as ownership, if the GM came to me and said, listen, this is what we want to do. We want to sign him to a long-term deal. I'd say absolutely not. That's what I would step in as owner and say, no, that's not the direction that we we need to be going. I completely agree. If anything, if it's a multi year
3: deal, it'll be a contract that the Bears could get out of after one year. I don't see the market for him being, you know, filled with lots of options here. If somebody is interested in Mitch Trubisky, I don't think there'll be anybody who wants to break the bank for him. I would be surprised if he gets anything over $20 million, even as a starting quarterback in this league. Right. I just don't think anybody's going to be willing to really, you know, open up the coffers and make him a guy that they're going to build around because you've seen it firsthand now. And, you know, despite all the national reports that we were hearing last week about Mitch playing himself into a, a, you know, a deal and maybe turning some heads, the reality is when they play better opponents, you see what happens. He's, he's limited in what he can do for you. And after four so, years, I think you just said it, Howard, you don't want to get yourself locked into a long-term deal with him. He is two-time Super Bowl champ Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Your phone calls on the Bears' playoff berth ends. Their matchup against the Saints, despite a loss to the Packers, next.
0: Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports.
1: ESPN 1000. And the
0: ESPN Chicago app.
1: This is Chicago's home
0: for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. back With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith. Now back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
3: Bears are in the playoffs as the first ever seventh seed with an 8-8 record after a loss to the Packers today, 35-16. Aaron Rodgers continues to do what he's done all season long. Another four touchdown passes from him. He should have had a fifth if Marquez Valdez-Scantling would have held on. It was one of the five incompletions that dropped by Valdez-Scantling. That was one of the five incompletions Rodgers had on the day um, he's been pretty ridiculous all year long capping what i expect to be uh his mVP performance he finished with 48 touchdown passes this year and a quarterback rating over 120 so pretty sick numbers
5: there howard yeah pretty sick you know he's a an elite quarterback that, that's got a great feel for the game and it's a reason you know you're going to struggle against him uh, as a defense because he's seen it all it's not going to be defenses that he hasn't seen or schemes that he hasn't seen. And he's able to, to manipulate defenses, put them in tough situations and come up with big time plays. Yeah. I think the hard part is this is why maybe, you know, when I just think about
3: it, this is why I always think in this day and age in the NFL, because, you know, the league is so tailor made because whether they're just appealing to gamblers and lots of points or fantasy football players, they like, Touchdowns and like offensive explosion, and so I know Bears fans are upset. They're pissed off that the defense struggled today against Aaron Rodgers. But the reality is that everybody this year has struggled against Aaron Rodgers. For the most part, everybody struggles to get against Patrick Mahomes most games. And so the truly elite quarterbacks, really, the really the only way to find a way to beat them, you're going to have to score thirty points yourself. And right. so that's why I think we we keep having it feels like um, Groundhog Day day after day. Howard is that the reason we always have these conversations about Mitch Trubisky is I, I think it's really hard to beat the best teams in the league, the best quarterbacks in the league, if you can't score points at a consistent clip. And that's why I think the bears have struggled when they really match up against really other really good teams. Um, again, three, one,
5: no, go ahead. Jeff. Three, one, two, three,
3: three, two, three, seven, seven, six, get in now because we will have um, Mitch Trubisky still here to go. And uh, we were wrapping up in probably about 45 minutes from now. So, Get in now if you'd like to talk and sound off on the Bears' loss to the Packers and their playoff berth against the New Orleans Saints. Let's try Gideon, who's in Evanston. Hey, Gideon, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, guys. So we had the chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. It was 21-16. to 16. Um, I, To be honest, I liked the aggressiveness of going for it on fourth and one there. I didn't like the play call. Um, and also, I, I agreed with Matt Nagy when uh, they had gone, when they kicked the field goal when it was fourth and two. Um, and it was that 20-yard that field goal that Dan Weeder asked about. Also, when you're one and six against uh, playoff teams or teams with winning records, that's not good. Um, and then I think the, the other thing, um, on Fox, they showed that, that at one point Rodgers was 9-for-9 nine nine for 142 yards and had like a 158.3 passer rating, and Trubisky was 10-for-12 uh, for like 58 yards. That just shows how bad our offense is. Like when we're throwing the ball from side to side on the field rather than going north and south, you're not going to score a lot of points. You're going to move the ball slowly up and down the field, get into field goal range, and then we're not going to be able to get it in the end zone because you can't score when you're going east-west. And it's frustrating. Uh, At this point, like, we're not going to do anything in the postseason. I'm on to the Bulls season and the Blackhawks season.
5: (laughs) (laughs) it's tough, right? You think, look at this. Um, You talk about the Bears and what they were able to do, trying to be methodical and trying to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. The Bears ran 74 total offensive plays versus 44 that Green Bay ran. And they were Mm -hmm. able to produce 35 points out of 44 plays on offense. So, you know, the game plan, and I think, you know, Nagy alluded to it, it was to, to try to, have some long sustained drives but if you get field goals out of those long sustained drives it's not going to help you against an explosive offense yeah no, and gideon gideon's right they entered the fourth quarter
3: and it was 21 to 16 and they had an opportunity there to try and you know keep it close and maybe take a lead there but the reality is it's really hard to hold great quarterbacks down time and time again and Unfortunately for the Bears, you know, it just it wasn't to be, and they again they were even lucky in that Marquez Valdez Scantling drops that should be touchdown at the start of the third quarter, which probably changes the complexion of the game as well. And, and but Gideon made a lot of great points. You need if you're going to be a truly competitive team in this league these days, you need those explosive plays. It's very difficult to continue to convert. Third downs at a high rate. You need to sometimes score on first or second downs. That's just the best offenses do that. And unfortunately, we, you know, Trubisky's got his limitations. And I think that also makes it difficult on Matt Nagy truly realizing his full potential as a play caller at times because he's always concerned about the limitations his quarterback does have. So that's why, as we've talked about, I, I do think it would be good if the team could eventually find somebody else other than Trubisky rather than trying to go down this road yet again next year. But they they may find their hand forced in a season with, you know, because they'll be picking in the middle half of the NFL draft and they will, you know, be seeing a lowering of the salary cap. They may mm-hmm. find themselves in a position where they just don't have many other options. So I don't know. It, it It's just uh we're going to have to wait and see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I can understand why fans are a little bit um, not as enthused as we normally would be about a playoff berth, right, Howard?
5: Yeah, no, no question about it. And, you know, you take it a step further when you think about the offense. And, you know, we've talked you know for weeks about getting Cole Clement involved. And, you know, he had seven catches today for 41 yards. But along with that, there was the targets for Allen Robinson until late in the game. We're very yeah. few and far between. So that's kind of hard to explain when you have a guy you know can get open and knows how to you know, work the routes and, and find the soft spots in the defense, not to have been targeted really until late in the game, is, uh, you know, raises a lot of questions about what the game plan was ultimately uh, for this Bears offense. Yeah, no doubt, and clearly the Packers were playing extra, paying
3: extra attention to Allen Robinson all game long, as you mentioned. As evidenced, you can see, so Darnell Mooney goes for 11 catches for 93 yards. He also had, of those 93 yards, he had a long of 53. Remember that big, long throw that Mitch Trubisky connected on with Mooney down the field? And so if you take that away, he had 10 catches for 40 yards. That's absolutely absurd for a wide receiver to operate that way. And I do think it was because the Packers were probably paying a lot of extra attention to Allen Robinson and forcing Darnell Mooney, who looked good at times. But, you know, again, you see some of the limitations that this offense has when they cannot trust their quarterback to go through the progressions and find the open man and the, the you know, the weak spots in a defense. It's, you know, and the underneath stuff to Cole Komet. Cole Komet looked pretty good today when he had the opportunity to run with the ball, but he really wasn't given too much, you know, too many things down the field to work with. So, you know, he, he ends up with seven catches for 41 yards. You know, it's kind of like, okay, you shrug your shoulders. At the end of the day,
5: the Packers will take that all day long. Yeah, keep things in front of them. Don't give up the big play down the field. That's what they want you to do.
3: Let's try it. Rashad, who's in Crete. Hey, Rashad, you're on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, Rashad. Hmm. All right. Maybe Rashad is not there. We'll try him again in a little bit. Uh let me go out to let's try Al, who's on the west side. Hey Al. Oh, hold on. Now my now my call screen is working. Hey Rashad, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you
7: guys doing? Oh, go. Good, good. All right. Good. You you guys have got a beautiful show going. Long time Thanks. fan. Now, my only I only got two questions or two points to make rather. The moment we knew that Arizona was was losing to the Rams. The game was... It's a meaningless game anyway. Why did we not pull every single starter out of the game and put them at risk for injury? And the other thing is that even though I don't like the GM, he made some good picks with Trubisky and uh, Mooney turned out to be a good guy. And I don't like him. I think he should go, but... I think they just have a lot of mismanagement problems and they don't play conservative enough. First downs win a game. All you need is a first down and you'll get a touchdown. And I'll leave it to you guys.
5: <laughs> well, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think one of the difficult things is when you when you start talking about why he didn't pull players, is it sure word gets out. You know, you have to imagine the word starts to sprinkle out about what's going on in other games. But you want your guys dialed in. And they need to go out and still try to play to their best ability, and was that going to give them a win today? doesn't look like it, but you know it's hard to say that you're just going to go make a decision to pull everybody out as far as injuries are concerned. you can't injuries are going to happen all the time, but once you start to to make decisions like that, you know I don't think this team is in a position where they need to be pulling players. These guys need to be out playing as much as they can to try to get ready. And the other and, and it was never really I was watching I had both games on and
3: I was watching them at the same time and there was never really a moment in that Rams Cardinals game as the Bears Packers game was unfolding where it was, you know, clear that the Cardinals were officially eliminated. It was fifteen to seven fairly late into the fourth quarter. And so at that point it's still a one-score game with the two-point conversion. And and I believe that around that point is when Kyler Murray actually returned to the game so you know it's one of those situations where like you know maybe when you think you talk it out loud you think okay in theory why wouldn't but the reality of the situation is you know it it was it, it wasn't like it was sealed away before the Bears you know got to the point where they were already very late in the game to begin with so sometimes I think fans get a little bit over their skis of the reality of the situation you know you're just as a head coach you're trying to win that game what kind of message does that send to your players if you're just going to be like ah all right we're going to throw up the white flag because we you know we're we we think we're in here it's you know and then what happens if for whatever reason something crazy happens in that game you threw up your hands and then the the cardinals find a way back because of a, a miracle onside kick recovery you know what i mean like so like, that's the last thing you'd want to have to face. So there's nothing wrong in that situation if you haven't clinched, like, a bye in the in the conference. Nothing wrong with letting your guys go out and trying to fight for the best playoff position possible. Uh, he's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Again, we're here for about another half hour taking your phone calls after a Bears playoff berth, despite their loss to the Packers today. 312-332-3776. Feel free to give us a call on ESPN 1000. The
0: ESPN 1000 post game show returns after these.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
0: The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite post game show is back.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. <laughs>
8: The Bears
3: lose to the Green Bay Packers 35-16 to today at Soldier Field. to 8-8 and on the season, but they claim themselves the seventh seed in the NFC thanks to the Rams beating the Arizona Cardinals today. And so, the Bears will take on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans next weekend, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. We will find out later tonight, but... No matter what happens, the man who will be covering that game and covered today's game is Jeff Dickerson. J.D. is brought to you by Miller Lights, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. J.D., what were your initial thoughts after that loss but a playoff
2: berth? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I felt like there was a pretty good chance they would get in this way. Uh, I think if you looked at it on the surface, you know, if you were real with yourself, uh, you knew that they probably weren't going to beat the Packers. Um, they hung with them though. It, it was a it was a better game until late than I thought it was going to be. They really did hang tough. I liked that Matt Nagy was aggressive. He went forward a lot on the fourth down. Um, they were playing to win the game, which I think was the way to go. I heard you guys talking about you know pulling players late. You don't do that. Um, he didn't want to do that. They were trying to beat the Packers, which I think would have had a lot of significance. if They could have found a way to do that. Now, of course, they cannot. Because for obvious reasons, I mean, you just can't beat that quarterback, really. And, and to the Bears credit, guys, they, they kept Aaron Rodgers off the field a lot of that game. They really, that was, it. they showed you how you can beat Aaron Rodgers. They're just not good enough to do it. So they still get in because, you know, the backup quarterback bowl uh, with the Rams and the Cardinals so went their way. We just finished up all the Zoom calls, I would say. The prevailing sentiment is okay. We're in the playoffs. There wasn't a lot of excitement. There wasn't a lot of celebrations, nor should there be after getting blown out again by the Packers. But, you know, they're in. And um, we will just see how the week uh, progresses with everyone. I'll tell you guys, though, you know, losing Roquan Smith and Darnell Mooney to injuries in that game uh, is not is not good for the Bears, already missing some uh, defensive players uh obviously, for this game today. And you saw you saw the drop-off uh, from, you know, Buster Screen not being in there. You know, Duke Shelley obviously had a very difficult time against an elite quarterback and an elite receiver. Um, and now if Roquan Smith cannot play and if Mooney is, uh, is limited, he had a big day for them. Uh, that certainly is going to be problematic if they want
5: to pull the upset against the Saints. J.D., quick question about, you know, why you think Allen Robinson wasn't targeted more earlier in the game. Was this something that Green Bay was doing to take him away, take him out of the game? Probably. I mean, I mean, again, Howard, I, I, I don't know what the Packers' exact game plan was, but that's
2: always sort of been their approach with the Bears, is they always will bracket and take away the best receiver. They did this against Cutler. They're doing this against Trubisky, and they were forcing Trubisky to not really use him. And you know what? It was a conservative game plan, it was the right game plan. And until it got away in the end, Trubisky, I thought, was making some really good decisions out there. And he was pumping the ball to Cole Comet more than we have seen, I think, in recent weeks, guys. And that that was encouraging. You know, Mooney had a big game. He had the big 53-yard catch down the field. Mm-hmm. So and Montgomery was was used a lot in the passing game as an extension of the run game. So I think, Howard, it probably it wasn't as if Trubisky did not want to go to Robinson. Or they did not want to call his number. You know, my guess is it just it just wasn't it wasn't there and until the end. He got free a couple of times, but yeah, I would I would say that likely was was way more of a byproduct of what the Packers were doing versus the Bears' wherewithal. But still, want to get Robinson involved? So I think they did want to do that, but they just obviously couldn't for whatever reason.
3: Now, JD, I think uh, the truth is you you hit on. Sometimes it was the game plan. It, it put them in position where they were at least competitive into the fourth quarter there at 21-16. to But I think the truth is sometimes even when you put together your best game plan that gives you an opportunity to beat a really good team, the truth is sometimes the talent wins out. And I think that's kind of where the Bears that, find themselves it. in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I'm not going to harp on, you know, a lot of people have been upset with Chuck Pagano and Matt Nagy. You said it. Once Roquan Smith left that game, it made things really hard on the Bears defensively to do anything against
2: the, who, the guys
3: who's going to be the league MVP this year.
2: Right. And, and it goes, it goes, it's always about the players. And this is why, again, like, we have wasted so much energy and time about Trubisky, arguing about this quarterback. Um, people make these goofy graphics I'm seeing now, right? Uh, oh, Trubisky versus Mahomes, Trubisky versus Aaron Rodgers in the first whatever games of their career. It's so ridiculous because. You see what Aaron Rodgers is. He is so elite. I mean, he flicks his wrist and boom, the ball's down the field. I mean, beautiful. If a guy, if a, if a guy is open, Aaron Rodgers is going to hit him. MVS dropped a touchdown. Rodgers mm-hmm. should have had five touchdowns today, guys. I mean, yep. He, he didn't. That was his first incompletion of the day. And it was the third quarter, and a guy dropped a gimme long touchdown reception. So – all I'm saying is, you know, Bears fans get to see what it you need to have to win a championship. You see that every year twice. And yet there are still people trying to make excuses and argue and project that the Bears have uh, it's good enough at the position or how can they do better? Are you kidding me? I mean, he is um, Aaron Rodgers is incredible. That is what you need to be chasing. That is the standard. Yeah. And to just settle and feel like, well, this is what we got, so we got to, you know, try to spin in any way we can to make it seem as good as it can be, you're just you're doing everyone a huge disservice. <laughs> so, yes, they 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 can't beat them consistently because they've never had a quarterback since Aaron Rodgers has been playing that could ever consistently go toe, toe-to-toe with him and make the dynamic,
5: game-changing plays that he can make. And I think, J.D., that's what becomes so frustrating when, when you watch, you know, the Bears be a Bear fan. You know, you, you say, well, look at the guys they could have had. And, and what we, this is what callers have been talking about tonight, but as, as I've said to them is you didn't know what those guys were necessarily going to be when they get to the NFL. And and that's what's so hard to, to swallow, I think, for Bears fans when you see some other guys that could have been right there for them uh, doing so well in their respective places. And then you see Mitch who's struggling and, you know, limitations. It just becomes frustrating. I think that's why so many people are really just frustrated with the front office and, and how they have – or the inability to find – that great quarterback that you need. But it's also hard to find that guy. It's hard. It, it, it's hard. But if you don't actively try to do it, Howard. Yeah. Like,
2: that's the thing. Okay. They swung for the fences with Trubisky. And it was a bold move. And really looking back on it, Ryan Pace had the answer. He had the right idea. That was the mm-hmm. year to take the quarterback. The is, took the wrong quarterback. Okay. Missed True. out on two guys that could have been franchise changers. But at least, at least that was the time he stepped up. And he said, okay, I'm going to go for it. But, you know, they don't do that a lot. I mean, they had Jay here for how many years? And they were almost afraid to bring in competition, right? Oh, right. I don't want to bring in competition to upset Jay. You know, oh, no, don't get him upset. I do we sign someone good? Um, you know, they would draft a quarterback. It would be like David Fails in the sixth round or um, the kid from Central Michigan Nate Enderley from, what was he, from Utah. I mean, I don't know where he was at. Somewhere, one of those places. Um, but you're, you're, if you don't try to find the guy, you're never going to find the guy. So no. instead of continuing to try to make Trubisky something he is not, you just have to say this is what he is. Are we good enough to win long-term with this? Now, again, I don't think he's terrible. I think he's played very well here uh, last month. Today was pretty good, you know, pretty good till the end got kind of a little sideways on him. But you're trying to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I don't care about the Lions. Vikings are a little hit or miss, right? But really, if you want to be the king of the North, you gotta beat Aaron Rodgers. And have the Bears close the gap on Green Bay. Howard, they made the playoffs this year, but here's the question. Have they closed the gap against Green Bay? And I've got two blow out losses again this year to say that has not happened. So how does that happen? If, if it's ever going to happen, it's going to start a quarterback and I'm going to have to find a guy that can play at that elite level. And that's just not the guy they currently have. Mm. Well, well said JD, the season <laughs> well, is not, not over yet. Guys, Happy new year. <laughs> and, uh, get the playoff beads ready for new Orleans next week. No, I mean, but it, it's not, it's not to diminish the fact they made the playoffs and, you know, Cover this team for a long time. I don't get to see many playoff games. So it is an accomplishment. But to even be even have been on the playoff fringe after beginning five and one, I think everyone understands that's not really ideal. That's not how it's supposed to go. But they're in and and let's see, you know, what uh what they can make of this opportunity against a very good Saints team. We'll see. Listen, J D,
3: they get a chance to be the first seven seed to ever win the Super Bowl. That's, that's, that's a, they've, they've got the chance to do it. There it is. I don't think they will, but uh, you never know. They can uh, make history. Jeff Dickerson's covering the bears for us for ESPN.com. Of course, he'll be with them all throughout the playoffs and into the off season, but you can hear a lot from him this week on the station. I guarantee you, uh, starting with cap and J hood tomorrow at 9. AM. So plenty more coverage on the bears from JD JD. uh, As always, we appreciate you making time for us this evening.
2: Thank you, guys. Happy New Year to both of you guys. We'll talk
3: soon. Same All way. right. You as well. is brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky is the Bears quarterback. He spoke to the media. We'll let you hear what he had to say in just two minutes. Howard Griffith and Jeff
0: Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports.
1: ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app
0: a two-time super bowl champion a two-time winner of the espn 1000 fantasy football league and never mind (laughs) howard Howard griffith and jeff mallard the espn 1000 miller light postgame Show is back on chicago's home for sports espn 1000 and the espn chicago app
3: NFL playoffs. The playoff picture is nearly complete. The Bears are at parts, Sure. As they find themselves as the seventh seed. They will be heading to New Orleans to take on the Saints next weekend. We don't have the date and time yet for the playoff matchups. We will find that out later this evening as the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles game comes to a close. That is when we will get word on when the game's are taking place Washington right now, currently on top of Philadelphia 10 to seven, but the bears will take on the saints. We know that saints are the two seed, the bears are the seven, the Seahawks are the three seed. They will be hosting the Rams who get the six seed and who obviously are the reason the bears are in the playoffs because they defeated the Cardinals today. Um, The aforementioned Washington football team will get the four seed. If they hold on and beat the Eagles today, if they lose the giants, will win the NFC East, and they will have the fourth seed. They will take on the Bucks, who claimed the fifth seed. And how about Tom Brady for a uh, 43-year-old? Not too bad, Howard. He finished with 40 <laughs> touchdown passes this season. Not too, sh- not, not too
5: shabby. Not too shabby at all after starting off pretty uh, struggling, really. He was, was really struggling earlier, but, but, but found his groove and was able to finally get on uh, on the same page with his wide receivers. He absolutely did.
3: One of his wide receivers, Mike Evans, left the game today after going over a thousand yards. He became the first wide receiver to ever uh, have seven to start his career with seven consecutive seasons over a thousand yards receiving. And then on, on almost the very next play, he hyperextended his knee. Now Bruce Arians said in the post game, "It looks like they dodged a bullet." Um, and I don't know if he'll be available next week, but it, at least it looks like um, from Arians in the post game. It seems like they avoided an ACL tear, which is obviously, obviously huge for the Bucs. Um, the Packers, of course, we've talked about it all night long. They earned the bye and are the number one seed in the NFC. So if the Bears find a way to upset the Saints, they will actually then head to Lambeau in the uh, divisional round and take on the Packers. So that would be interesting again. In the AFC, the Chiefs are the one seed. They obviously have the bye. The Bills, after a thumping of the Dolphins today, They grab the two seed. The Steelers are the three seed. The Titans are the four seed winning the AFC South. The Titans will host the Ravens. The Steelers get the six seed Browns. So that's a rematch of today's game. And the Bills will host the Colts. So that is your playoff picture right now. Um, As we await the game time and this uh, date for each of those, we'll again, let you know as soon as we get word what they are. But I mentioned that Mitch Trubisky did the meet the media a short time ago, and this is what he had to say.
1: Hey, Mitch, uh, what are your emotions right now? Obviously a a tough loss to to your rival
8: again, but you still make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you, Mitch. It's a a weird feeling. Um, Obviously disappointed from the game, but uh, finding out the news that we got in, um, I think we just – Got rewarded for the work we put in the last couple of weeks. And even though tonight didn't go with the way we wanted, um, we're in the playoffs, and that's really all that matters. Everyone's zero and zero, and we got a good opportunity this week, um, and we're grateful for that opportunity. So we got to put this one aside. We got to look at it and learn from it, and then put it aside and, and, and come ready to roll next week because we got a great opportunity.
7: Mitch, Matt seemed particularly agitated about not being able to convert the fourth and one when you guys were, were going uh, down for a potential go-ahead drive. What did you see on that sequence and and what could have made that play convert when it was fourth and one at the 25?
8: Um, I thought that was a situation where um, they had a better call on than we did and they executed better than we did. So I think credit goes to them. I think the only thing we could have done in that situation was um, maybe run something else against that look, but um, it's a tough play. We, We converted some fourth downs early on earlier in the game and they got us on that one. So you got to give them credit. But I think we look at that, learn from it, don't dwell on it. Um, make sure we, we get better from it. And then next time it happens, we we, can, we convert it. To the topic of your mixed emotions, how, how difficult is this, I guess, over the next
7: two, three hours to, to try to, to reconcile today's performance versus the opportunity that's ahead?
8: I think just focus on staying in the moment. And in that, you just – you're – Obviously, analyzing your emotions and it's okay to look at the game tonight, but it's got to be in a positive fashion because there's things we did tonight that we could get better at. But there's also things that we did were really good. So we just got to look at it, make sure we're getting better, Um, but also stand positive and looking forward um, because we we have another week. So you can't let it affect that the next week. We can't let it affect tomorrow. So you just got to look at it as a new opportunity. We have a new life going into the playoffs now. Um, We're grateful for that. So we got to go back to work. So we got to stay positive, keep the energy up, and just realize that the the next game is the most important one now. Hey, Mitch, uh,
7: so much is on the quarterbacks in the playoffs. And I know the offense has been a big part of the –
2: of what you've done lately, but how, how do you feel used to, especially considering today and just the way the season's like, how do you feel about where you stand right now as leading this team, going into the playoffs,
8: not the offense, but you in particular, where you are right now leading this team into the playoffs? I feel good. I feel good. I feel like I'm in a good mental space. Um, obviously I like to do some things different tonight to give us a better chance to win. Um, but I feel like I've gotten better over these last couple of weeks. And for the most part of that game, we were in a position, uh, we were in a good position to compete towards the end. And then we just let it got, get out of the hand. Uh, really after that fourth and one was really the turning point for us. Uh, when, when the game was 21-16 and we were going down the score. So we were there to compete, but we got to be able to finish games. And a big part of that is, is my play. But I'm confident in what we can do go, going forward. Hey, Mitch, what do you remember about Saints Week? earlier this year and I know when you got benched you talked about you know being able to soak everything in and prepare as though you're the starter might you actually see the benefits of whatever sort of study you did then next week yeah I don't remember much um I remember I I went in for one play and it was a QB run and I landed on my shoulder wrong. So that was unfortunate. That was pretty much the only thing I remember. I'll have to go back into my notes um, and see what else was going on in that game that I think that could help us going into this week. So uh, we have a great opportunity. We know we're we're going down and we're going to play a really good football team. Um, But I think definitely looking at just looking at that game and and what we saw from them, just learning from that and seeing what we can uh, do better this time.
1: Mitch what does it mean to you to have another shot at being a starting quarterback in the playoffs now
8: it's huge i mean this is what you work for um, the season didn't go the way we envisioned it but um, you have a new opportunity so really none of that matters so you just got to take advantage of that opportunity and I'm very grateful for that so it's it, this has got to be our best week it's got to be my best week and um, it's up to me to lead this team and make sure everyone's bringing that attitude that, um, we gotta, we gotta have a great will about us and a great sense of urgency to prepare, have, uh, be, have this get, be our best game preparation wise, and then go out and then execute to the best of our abilities. Cause, uh, just the way the season went, all the ups and downs and everything in between. Uh, to be in the position we are now, we're, we're very fortunate. But a lot of that is credit to the team sticking together and, and, and just hard work across the board. So uh, we earned this, and we got to take advantage now. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And hey Mitch, uh, how, how would you assess the offense today? Just kind of a weird weird afternoon where you're you know not able to get a lot of big plays until the shot to Mooney but you're also moving the chains and and keeping control of the ball but not scoring touchdowns. So kind of how how did you evaluate it right off the bat? Yeah, I think um, the the ball control part of it was good, staying on the field and converting first downs. And then where that can get really – where we can take the next level, obviously, when you're controlling the ball and having success staying on the field is not settling for field goals because it, it really doesn't matter if you have the ball all that time and you're just settling for a field goal. So when we get down into the red zone, the most important thing for us is coming away with a touchdown. So we got we got to definitely look at this game and see what we did do down the red zone and see what we can do better this week and have a great red zone study um, going into our playoff game because uh, staying on the field is important, keeping our defense uh, off the field and, and letting them rest. And, and especially when you're going against a, a really good offense like we did tonight, just us staying on the field, uh, that's, that's advantage us. But if you're not coming away with touchdowns, then you're not being as um, efficient as you could be.
7: Mitch has an extension to Kevin's question. What were your feelings coming off the field after the opening drive where you, you did control the ball and you did get in the end zone and, and take that early lead with a, a half a quarter up, gone already?
8: Yeah, I mean, that's ideally what you would like the other drives to look like when we're controlling the ball, staying on the field, converting third or fourth downs, um, and then finishing in the end zone. So that definitely gave us a lot of confidence early on. Um, But when we got back down in the red zone, uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch the film. But they just uh, out-executed us and made us uh, settle for field goals. So credit goes to them. But when when you're driving down on defenses and staying on the field, um, that, that really takes the life out of them. So you just got to be able to finish in the red zone and come away with points. It's it's all about touchdowns, and it's going to be huge in the playoffs.
6: Yeah, Mitch, it seems like in this game you found Darnell Mooney early and often. But the games before, specifically the last four, you found Allen Robinson a lot more. What looks did the Packers give you that made it more difficult for you to find them?
8: Um. I think just the matchups and what we had in the plan for uh, Mooney to get the ball, I think early on they were just giving us looks that um, were more advantageous to go to Mooney than to A-Rob, but um, I think our offense is at our best and when we're really doing well and in a rhythm and definitely when we're finishing down the red zone, it's when 12 um, is getting his hands on the ball, so we're going to have to look at that Um I wasn't aware of it early on that he wasn't touching the football. So you, you got to have your best receiver definitely involved early. Um, so that's something we can look at, something we can improve at. But Mooney took advantage of, of his opportunities and made some big plays for us. Uh, but we, we, we want 12 touching the ball, and we know when everyone is touching the ball on offense and we're getting to our playmakers, that's when we can be efficient and, and, and be more deadly. But it's going to be about red zone touchdowns going through next week.
3: That was Mitch Trubisky not too long ago meeting the media after the Bears lost to the Packers today, 35-16. to But they find themselves with a playoff berth courtesy of the Los Angeles Rams win over the Cardinals. And we did get word before we wrap things up today. We did get word, Howard. The Bears are going to be playing next Sunday at 3.40 on CBS. And not just CBS, but they're also going to be the special kids broadcast on Nickelodeon we have have two Bears broadcasts to monitor next weekend as Nickelodeon is doing a kids broadcast, a kids themed broadcast to try and make uh, the NFL a little more kid friendly so that will be interesting because the Bears are a part of it again next Sunday at 340 the Bears will be taking on New Orleans Saints um, on CBS and Nickelodeon so uh, we will have uh, another Sunday affair to break down after the uh, Bears-Saints game.
5: Which is a good thing. You know, they they get that extra day of rest as well. So it becomes an, a regular uh, work week for them. And, you know, hopefully they can dial in and, and be able to to figure out exactly what the game plan needs to be to go against um, the Saints because they're going to have their hands full. And the the one downside
3: for the Bears, um, I saw Ian Rappaport mention that this does give Elvin Kamara <laughs> a chance to play if he's cleared off of the COVID nineteen reserve list, so obviously the Saints, yeah, the Saints will be a much tougher opponent if Kamara is out there. All right, we got one more second to go. We have uh, to give you our uh, close call of the game when we return, and a couple more phone calls to wrap it up. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller, Mill Light Bears Postgame Show on ESPN one thousand.
0: The ESPN one thousand Postgame Show returns after these.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN one thousand
0: the ESPN 1000 Miller Live Post Game Show with your hosts Howard Griffith and Jeff Mallard.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000
6: and the ESPN
1: Chicago app.
0: From Soldier Field in Chicago, Cordero Patterson slips Balls down. Oh, my goodness. And that is down at the one-yard line. So his feet have to be out of bounds before he touches his ball. To That's ultra close. See where they
7: spot this.
8: After review, the ruling on the field stands as called. The first down and ten. Chicago on the 40-yard line.
3: That, my friends, is your Harry's. Most call of the game brought to you, of course, by Harry's Razors, created to be a little bit different, honestly priced and made with integrity. Go see for yourself at Harry's dot com. Of course, Cordero Patterson's opening non-return of the kickoff that resulted in a very scary moment to begin the game. Alas, it was all kind of meaningless because the Packers were able to pull away eventually, but the Bears were able to get off to a decent start because... They did have the ball at the 40. They went on to score a touchdown on that drive. We're going to make that our close call of the game, Howard. But unfortunately, ultimately, it really did not amount to much when all was said and done.
5: Yeah, when all was said and done, you're absolutely right. But it was a heads-up play, and that's something yes. that goes over all the time in, in, in a lot of different um, scenarios. But a lot of players are afraid of that situation. Normally, that ball is kicked. It's in the air and you put one foot out of bounds and you have the other one inbounds and you make the catch, the ball goes out there. But this, like many people, this is the first time I've seen that play where the ball was on the ground, and he was very fortunate to be able to come up with that play. But I know exactly what he was thinking when he was trying to execute it. Yeah, no, look, it was. there's a reason
3: why the Bears pay him $5 million a year to be you know, one of the best kick returners in the league. It was a heads-up play, and uh, it was very close, but it came out. And – it worked in their favor. If you're just joining us, the Bears are playoff bound. They will play next Sunday at 340 on CBS, and they're getting the Nickelodeon treatment. They're the Nickelodeon game as well. So CBS, Nickelodeon, and Amazon Prime will all be broadcasting the Bears-Saints game from New Orleans. That is 340 next Sunday to complete, complete the rest of the schedule. Um, the 1205 game on Saturday on CBS, the Colts will be kicking things off against the Bills in Buffalo. Um, we got word earlier this week that the Bills will have fans in the stands, about just under 7,000 folks for that game. Uh, 340 on Fox. The Rams are at the Seahawks on Saturday. Um, Saturday night, we have the 715 game on NBC. The Bucks will be taking on either Washington football team if they hold on to beat the Eagles tonight, or the Giants if the Eagles win. And then on Sunday, you've got the Ravens at Titans at 12.05 on ABC. The Bears are at 340, as we mentioned on CBS. And then concluding next week's playoff format, you've got uh, on NBC 715, the Browns taking on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. So that is your playoff schedule. Howard and I will be back next week to break that Bears game, hopefully a win down really quickly. I'm going to let Stephen and Columbus wrap us up tonight here on ESPN 1000. Stephen, you got the last word. What's going on, my man? How you
7: doing? How are you guys doing? Happy happy to both of you guys. Thank you. Well, I mean, if there's people out there who want to celebrate this victory, I'm sorry, celebrate making the playoffs, I mean, each other's own. But I'm not one of those people who will celebrate because there's really nothing to celebrate about this team making the playoffs. And today's game really proved that, you know, everybody who is all tied together are woefully uh, insufficient in their own jobs. You know, Nagy's 1-5 against the Packers, 0-4 against Matt LaFleur. And next week, he's going to go up against Sean Payton, who is 0-2, you know, both the superior offensive-minded coaches, you know. And today's, you know, game really, really looked like, you know, Nagy's fingerprint was all over because I know Ian Rappaport said he's involved mm-hmm. in the play calling, and it's just – really really just discouraging just to see what we saw today and after after you know what happens with the saints we can all agree that the uh, the long-term success of this franchise is just not set up properly and i would certainly not let lion pace make another choice with a you know another quarterback no matter who he decides to sign or draft because the bears are Drafting far below to get Lawrence fields and Wilson at this point. And, sure. Sure. And no, Steven, I, I believe Ted Phillips needs to be out of this decision-making going forward. And we definitely need to have a real team football operation president who handles the football side to objectively decide the future of Nagy and
3: right, Steve. I, yeah. I hear what you're saying, Stephen, and we are, we're up against it here. So I'm going to let you go with that. But, um, you know, look, I, I kind of agree with Stephen. I, I, Howard, I hope that Ryan Pace, actually, I hope he's not given the, the the leverage to go ahead and make another selection with the quarterback process because that, that in itself, as we've seen, if you get it wrong, you set the franchise back a good four or five years. It's hard to dig yourself out of it. So I'm with Stephen in that respect, but, um, you know, that's something that we're going to have lots of talks about throughout the offseason. Right now, we're kind of, you know, in this weird holding pattern where we've got to keep our eyes focused on the, the, the playoff game next week before we can move move you know move along to those big macro you know questions.
5: Yeah, and that's where we are. And really the, the reality is uh, this team and the fans should focus on this game. And, and I know that it's frustrating because a lot of fans believe it's just going to be a one-and-done situation. But the Bears have an opportunity. At least they have a chance to play the game, and they're going to have an opportunity to go out and, and hopefully prove the fans wrong and all prove their doubters wrong as well. Those that are questioning them, you know, they're going to have their say. It's enough time to decide what should happen with Nagy, Pace, and everyone else and the configuration of this team. But let's try to focus on the opportunity that they have ahead of them, and, and let's see where the chips fall next week this time. Well said. He is
3: two-time Super Bowl champion Howard Griffith. I am Jeff Meller. You can hit us up on Twitter. He's at Howard Griffith. I'm at Jeff underscore Mellor, M-E-L-L-E-R, M-E-L-L-E-R. Um, Of course, keep it locked here because we'll have plenty of Bears coverage throughout the entirety of the week, starting with Cap and Jay Hood tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Plenty of talk from them. I know instant reaction to the Packers game as well. And, of course, plenty of playoff preview as the Bears take on the Saints next Sunday at 340. And don't forget, we'll be right back here taking your phone calls after the wild card matchup. For Howard Griffith, I'm Jeff Miller. Thanks to our man, Sean Davis, for producing this fine festivity. We'll talk to you again next week on ESPN 1000.
0: Thanks for listening to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears and brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov, the home loan experts, ComEd's energy efficiency program and Harry's Razors. Bears talk continues at 7 a.m. with Cap and Jay Hood on the new morning show on ESPN 1000. Ah!